You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. We are now in the last week of January 2018. I am just amazed at how fast time flies. I want to say a few things before we get into today's podcast, which is going to be incredible. So look forward to it. But please give me just this part of the program to drop some uh, information because I, I, I think it's important that you all know a, a few things that are going on. First of all, we were floored with the generosity of those of you that showed up financially for us last year. And it didn't happen until the very end of the year, but my, oh my, did God do an amazing work on behalf of Bride Ministries, and we have been entirely repositioned, and we are just abundantly grateful. Now, as we went into 2018, we're saying, oh my gosh, we want to give back, and we are giving back, and this is going to affect some of you because you're going to get some stuff from us in the mail real soon. Now, let me explain what we have decided to do. We've broken up our supporters into three levels, and of course, we didn't tell you we were doing this, but we're just doing it because we love you guys. And so there are three levels that we broke all of our supporters into, and the the, the highest level we're calling Platinum, and that is anyone that gave us $1,500 or more. We, as an act of gratitude, are going to be sending you... A Bride Tribe custom engraved journal, in addition to a DVD of Kingdom Teaching, which came from the Confluence Conference, and also you will be getting access to the Fireplace Church archives that we have now made selectively available. And 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 we're, we're, we're this is just. A thank you from us to you, from our heart to yours, because of how grateful we are for your sacrifice. Now, I am mentioning something that a lot of you guys have been asking us about, and so let me explain what's happening. We, since switching platforms for the Fireplace Church and moving to a live format, have not made recordings and archives available for those new messages. And many people have asked us, Daniel, If I miss or if I just hear something that blows my mind and I want to hear it again, how can I do that? And the answer has been, well, you can't. So be there or be square. But we've been recording them in secret. And so we are finally setting up our website to accommodate listen listening to the archives of the Fireplace Church. In order to do that, you'll need a sign-in and you'll need to be added to the group of people that are able to listen to those archives. So so they are not open forum teachings. They're, they're, it's, it's actually closed. But it is available to our supporters. And so for those that are in the Platinum, you're getting all of that. And for those that are in the gold category, these are people that have given us $500 to $1,499. Uh, $1,499. We are going to be sending you the DVD as a thank you, as well as giving you access to all of our Fireplace Church archives. And 
for those of you that gave between $100 and $499, or basically everyone that gave over $100 last year to Bride Ministries, you are also getting access to the Fireplace Church archives. Now, um, this is just our way of saying thank you and also adding value to all of the work we are doing. Now, anybody can participate in the Fireplace Church for free at any time. Well, not any time. Actually, it's Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. You just have to show up. But for those of you that are supporting us financially, you get the added bonus of being able to listen back to everything that we're doing at the Fireplace Church, which is a whole other subset of information, teaching, and uh, even guest speakers that do not get put on the podcast. And so I just want to make sure everybody is in the loop now as to what's going on. And again, this is just our way of saying thank you to those of you that have shown us support. With that said, I also want to say a few things about the upcoming book, Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth. First of all, this book is easily the most important book I've ever written. Why? Because I believe that it is going to set captives free around the world. And it is going to put tools in the hands of believers that are going to empower them to overcome the enemy and to get the victory that they have been believing God for, yet maybe not quite seeing in their everyday life. These prayers have been tailored from a lot of the pioneering and ground floor work that we've done, and we are putting the fruit of that in your hands. For what? nine ninety five dollars plus shipping. And I want to say that we've gotten a few comments from people that have reached out and said, you know, Daniel, I ordered your book, but I have not gotten it in the mail yet. And what I want you guys to know is that neither have I. The book is pre-selling. In other words, we're not going to have it back from our printers until mid-February. And when we get it in mid-February, we're going to be shipping off hundreds and hundreds of books to all of you that have pre-ordered and... That's when you can expect to see the book in your hands. So it'll be mid to late February, unless something goes wrong, at which point we will be informing everyone about the delay. So right now, no delays, praise God, and we're going to believe that we just stay right on schedule. I do want to say one more thing uh, about the Fireplace Church. We are making these archives available. We've been getting some comments from people that have said, you know, I tried to log into the Fireplace Church, Dandoval, but... When I log in from my tablet or my smartphone, it just takes me to a white screen and I can't get in. So I, I give up. And I'll tell you, we've been through all kinds of you know, technological attacks because that's where the enemy likes to hit us. He, he loves to try to hit people with a technological attack, make things not work because we are an internet-based ministry. So if you can't listen, you can't participate, just give up. Well, here's the thing about our platform for the Fireplace Church. It is called WebEx. And it requires an app. And most of the problems are solved for people that are trying to log in specifically from the smartphone and tablets because this doesn't happen on the computers. Most of the problems are solved when people go and go to their app store and download the WebEx app. Once you have the app on your phone, when you click our button at the bridemovement.com at the church time, the app will open up automatically and you will find yourself in the meeting. If the app isn't on your phone, that's when you go into the white screen. That's when it's going to an error. That's when nothing's happening. So please, if you want to participate in the Fireplace Church, go to the App Store, download the WebEx app. 
because we would love to see you there and to have you participating in what we're doing. Right now, as a matter of fact, we have been in a series on the Believer's Mountain. Before that, we were in a series called The Office of the Judge. Guys, we are going into territory that is super, super cool, and it is equipping people. And so we would love for you to be there. There is a need that we have at Bride Ministries for expanding our social media platforms. And we're actually considering bringing on board a social media person. This is a person that knows how to navigate Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google+, someone that can take a couple hours a week and just farm out all of our stuff through social media. Because one of the things that we are responsible to do is to build the bridge so that people that are looking for our information can find our information. And that's one of the biggest reasons why we've been investing even in SEO and all kinds of website optimization to make it easier for people to find us as they're searching for different things because we know that when they find us, they're finding the tools and the equipping that God has blessed us with and lives are being changed. So if you are a social media person and you're pretty good at this, reach out to us and we can have a chat. Now, the the, the very last thing, we have a prayer class coming up. I'm going to be between this week and next week setting a date for the start of that prayer class is going to be eight weeks long. We're going to be meeting one night a week for eight weeks. And it'll be old school style the way we used to do our discipleship courses. And I am just going to pray for the grace to have the manual that I'm working on finished by the time we're starting that class. Uh, oh, and I guess I do have one more thing. I started talking about a DID coaching school years ago. I said, we're going to build one. I'm happy to let you know that that's happening this year. We are going to build that this year, and it's it's going to start with uh, basically an online school that we are going to interface and integrate into BrideMovement.com, and it's going to basically begin with our discipleship courses, but to that we're going to begin to add modules that help a person move past foundations in Christ and in the kingdom and in spiritual warfare and into how to work with parts and altars and fragments and inner worlds and regions of captivity and brain, you know, heart interface and all this other stuff that we talk about in order to equip and train you to do it. And so we're going to be building an interfaced internet-based school with a physical component that will happen later. And that's happening this year. So pray for us guys. And with that said, we're going to get to the program. I'm finally done. Thank you for listening. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. So the day has finally arrived. It is time for round two with my special guest, Dr. Stephen Duncan. And I've been looking forward to this for a while, guys. Now, many of you really enjoyed the first time I was able to bring him on the podcast last year. Now, for those of you that didn't catch that, Dr. Stephen Duncan is founder of House of Gilead Renewal Centers here in Plano, Texas, and he practices naturopathic medicine. He has a doctor of chiropathy, 
a PhD in sacred philosophy as a doctor of pastoral science from the Pastoral Medical Association. And on top of that, he's an ordained minister. And he's been practicing for over 20 years and works with clients that have been through the medical system, oftentimes with little to no results. Now, many of his clients arrive with little to no hope of recovery and with great success. He has resolved dilemmas using a variety of naturopathic approaches, practitioner-grade supplements, and technologies that you don't often hear about. He has extremely insightful opinions on a lot of subjects, and we're going to be getting to some of those today. Dr. Uh, Stephen Duncan, welcome back to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Great to be here, Dan. I want to say Happy New Year to all the listeners out there, and uh, yes, there's been a lot of response. I've had a lot of phone calls from the first podcast people coming in and uh getting uh getting their assessments done and getting ready for a healthier 2018 uh, and it's a real pleasure to be here thank you for having me back well i'm i'm really excited about this by the way folks i'm going to be giving this out at the end of the podcast again but you can find Dr. Duncan by calling his office directly at 972-596-5055. The website, www.houseofgilead.com, is going to be up in just a few weeks. And so by the time you hear this podcast, it may already be up. You'll be able to find them there, obviously. They're also on Facebook at House of Gilead Renewal Centers. And Dr. Duncan is featured on naturopathicdoctors.com. Okay, so with that said, Dr. Duncan, I had a long list of things I wanted to get to in our last podcast that we just couldn't fit. And the first thing I want is to hear your opinion on prescription medication and antidepressants. Because here's the problem. A lot of people go to their doctor depressed for whatever the reason may be. Often they don't even know why they're depressed. And a doctor says, hey, I have a great solution for you. Here's this drug. And then the drug makes them suicidal. But it's supposed to be solving for depression. And people are really in a big struggle here because they're like, should I get off of my anti-depression meds that are creating suicidal ideation? Or should I just navigate the suicidal ideation so I'm not depressed? Now, I just praise God I haven't been there. I, I don't know what that feels like personally, but I, my, my heart goes out to people, Dr. Duncan, and okay, I want to know what your opinions are. Well, this is a, this is kind of a cracked ice conversation. Number one, I'm not a medical doctor, so legally, this is my disclaimer, um, I cannot recommend medication uh, to anyone, nor can I recommend that they uh, get off medication um, because I'm not a prescribing physician. Um, and so we, you know, those of us in the holistic arena had to be very careful, uh, about our verbiage and, and how we, uh, talk about, um, talk about, uh, medications, um, because of the, of the medical boards. Um, so, I mean, if we start giving advice around that, uh, we can be accused of practicing medicine without a license. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a door that uh, I definitely don't want to open. But I want to, I'll just share um, personal experience um, and clinical experience. And I want to start with 
personal experience. Um, back in the early nineties, late eighties, uh, late eighties, early, early nineties, 90, 89, 80s, 87, 88, 89, 90, in that area. I was very overweight. <clears throat> I was not uh, working in the field. Um, and um, I had um, a lot of emotional and spiritual issues. I was extremely overweight. Um, and so I went to uh, a psychiatrist, and I was diagnosed as bipolar. Um, so I was put on lithium. And, uh, and they tried a couple of other, uh, drugs, but the, the cocktail wound up being lithium and, and Paxil. And essentially what happened to me was I became emotionless. <laughs> um, I was like a zombie. Um, <clears throat> and it seems like in the beginning of you, you taking the medication i mean i was just my it seemed like it felt like my body was literally coming apart i mean that's that's the best way i can describe it i was shaking um you know i ha i couldn't eat um i couldn't sleep i mean and and with lithium they don't really understand um how it works and and uh, in the body so they they had to play with the dose or at least they did at that time to try to find what they call the therapeutic dose um and, and the same thing with, uh, with Paxil, uh, which is a psychotropic med. Uh, they were playing around. I tried two or three different medications. I don't remember what they all. Prozac was, you know, the big drug back then, and Paxil was kind of in that family. And uh, so anyway, I went through about a year of just utter chaos. Um, and <clears throat> in that... Uh, I reached a point where um, I just said, I can't take this anymore. And I just threw everything in the trash can and, and uh, went through a horrendous um, detox with that stuff. And uh, eventually uh, wound up in the office of uh, a gentleman that became my mentor in this field. And, you know, I've kind of went into a lot of that in the first podcast, so I'm not going to repeat it. But Essentially, what I discovered was I had an extreme over, overgrowth of parasites and yeast, and I had leaky gut. And um, so when we began to um, repair those things and eliminate those things from my body and the weight began to come off, um, my affect, uh, my uh, daily functionality changed drastically. And um, I became more energetic, less brain fog. Um, you know, it's like my brain turned back on, um, and I began to have a zeal for life that, you know, I hadn't experienced in quite a long time. And, you know, part of the problem with that was stepping back a little bit, and I talked about this in the first podcast, you know, I was a IV drug user, and so I, I did a lot to disrupt my brain chemistry. And um, so so even with years in, in um, recovery and sobriety, um, one of the curses of the 12-step program is nicotine, caffeine, and sugar. And uh, so I went through that, and, and essentially what it does, it does the same thing to the brain that heroin and cocaine does. And so, you know, I was still having a lot of disruption with neurotransmitters and those kind of things, and that was creating the depression, if you will, um, or at least, you know, when you walk into a psychologist or a psychiatrist's office uh, presenting that way, they're going to say you're clinically depressed and put you on the medication. What I found in my practice <clears throat> is what I just said. Uh, most of the people 
um, probably safely 80% of the population that have come in that have been or uh, placed on um, antidepressant medication or anti-anxiety medication, most of them um, have exactly the same thing, a, a massive overgrowth of yeast, a massive overgrowth of parasites. They have leaky gut, and they're eating a lot of sugar. Um, and uh, so simple carbohydrates convert to sugar and then sugar itself. And, um, and as a result of that, um, their neurology is um, basically being fried. The, the wiring harness is frayed. And when um, you begin, a, when we get a process of eliminating those toxic foods and eliminating uh, MSG, is, <laughs> that's a major player um, in a neurological transmitter uh, diversion, I will say, or interruption. Um, we begin eliminating these, these chemical additives, um, uh, aspartame, those kind of things, um, and get people on a whole foods diet uh, based on their blood type. Um, over a period of time, they begin to, um, everything begins to come back, and um, they're no longer uh, in depression. So I, I personally question you know, the concept of clinical depression. I really believe that it's based on um, the place that we've evolved to as far as our diets are concerned. Uh, most everything is processed today, especially people that live their lives uh, in a fast food line. Um, they're literally not getting food. And it's, it amazes me that, that, that people cannot seem to understand that paying five bucks for a meal um, there's, there, could, there can't be any food value in that because you got to understand that they have to have a profit margin, <laughs> you know, in, in that meal that they're selling for $5. So the cost has to be a minimal cost. <laughs> if you go to the grocery store and the hamburger, you know what I mean? You're going to spend almost 5 bucks. So how can you get a burger, fries, a drink, and something else for $5? You know, it, I mean, it's like really just step back and take a look at that for just a moment. Um, so, um, so the chemical additives that are used in processed foods um, have a tremendous effect on the brain. Um, and as a result of that, we have a lot of people walking around in, a, you know, brain fog. Brain fog is huge. Chronic fatigue is huge. Um, you know, they're, they're basically uh, malnourished. Um, we're probably the healthiest looking malnourished population that exists in the world okay <laughs> um but if you look at america today for the most part i mean you just go sit at the mall for an hour and watch the people that walk by we are so obese it is ridiculous well, why is that we can't process what the food that we're putting in our bodies um and so what happens is it has to get stored um and and so storage in a body takes place in what's called adipose tissue or fat. Well, guess what? Your brain is two-thirds fat. Um, so a lot of material is stored in the brain and that disrupts, um, that disrupts the uh, neurological pathways in the brain so that uh, the brain can actually communicate with itself and it depletes uh, neurotransmitters and creates a depressed aspect. So medication Medication is going to con is going to sedate the excitability. Um, it's not going to repair the body. Medication in any form is not designed to heal you. 
um, manage, uh, uh, disease management and suppression is the order of day. You go to any medical conference and there we'll talk about these new drugs and how they manage or suppress an illness. So what, what does that mean, you know, to manage or suppress? It, it means that you're going to be in that prescription paradigm for the rest of your life. It means that at some point, the 100 milligrams or 50 milligrams that you're taking is going to require 100 milligrams. And then it's going to require 200 milligrams because the management overload <laughs> has reached capacity. And in order to suppress something and keep it down in, deeper in the system, it's going to take more chemicals in order to do that. So what happens is the system becomes more and more toxic. And eventually, the level of toxicity is so great that you begin to get labels, cancer, arthritis, um, you know, leaky gut or irritable bowel syndrome, colon cancer. I mean, there's any number of dis-ease labels um, that you get uh, after years of driving these uh, imbalances deeper and deeper in the body. So... <clears throat> If you wow. look at chemo drugs for yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. I'm just, I mean, I could, okay, so, I could spend the rest of the show on this. <laughs> I mean, you, you are hitting so many points because this is the, the battle that people face. They start off and they have one issue, fast forward 10, 15 years, and they have a drawer full of medication. Right. And it's so much they have you know, to the, keep every, a chart. Wait, I right. take five of these, one of these, two of these, three of these, morning, noon, night, different ones. And it's it, it, it's a, a lot of work to keep up. And, and, and you're, you're illustrating the cycle and pointing out some of the major factors of what maintains the cycle and, and, and the diet, the malnourishment of our bodies, the fact that a lot of these drugs are designed to manage or suppress but not heal i mean these are things that we need to know please okay now, now, now tell me about the chemical thing uh the chemical thing <laughs> you were just about to start talking about something i, I interrupted you i'm sorry oh, oh oh well it's just it's just a it's a toxic chemical overload and so when you have that um when the body when the body is um, carrying a toxic chemical overload, then your your affect uh, affect for those that don't understand has to do with your we'll say your your personality. Like you meet you at a party, Dan, and you're like the life of the party. You're bright. You're you're intelligent. You're you're vibrant. You're, you communicate. You're you know you you make people laugh. You, you know, you, uh, so you have all these characteristics, and that's part of your affect. You walk in the room and you light it up. People that are under severe toxic load, um, they're, you know, they're dull, okay? They're, they, they, they don't have any desire, don't have any motivation, can't get things organized, can't get their thoughts together. You know, they walk from one end of the room of the house to the other side of the house, and it's like, why did I come out here? What, what am, you know? And they're not smoking pot. <laughs> they're just overloaded. It's, it's just this toxic chemical overload. 
And so if they walk into a clinical setting, a clinical psychiatrist or psychologist, and they begin saying, I have no motivation, I don't care whether I do this, I have no libido, I love my husband or I love my wife, but I have no desire, um, it's, it takes everything I have to get up and go to work today, they start telling that story, well, automatically, because of their training, they're going to say, well, you're depressed, you're clinically depressed, so what we need to do is we need to put you on this medication, okay? They don't take in consideration, the, the first question I ask is, well, what's your diet look like? But these guys aren't going to do that because... For the most part, the medical community doesn't make the correlation between what you consume and how it affects you. It's only really started taking place, and uh, I guess I would say in the last five, five to eight years maybe, and particularly around diabetes and cardiovascular. That's kind of the areas or the arenas where uh, they're starting to you know, take into consideration what they can eat. They, they're still missing it. But at least they're, they're trying to have uh, a conversation about, um, about food uh, in, those, in those arenas. But, but as an overall um, principle of, of health, um, that's an area that is just really kind of poo-pooed. I mean, if you go to a, a, a cancer center where chemo is being administered, um, you will find these huge bowls of candy sitting around everywhere. Now, just think about that. They're in there with cancer. You want to know what primarily feeds cancer? Sugar. If you look at a cancer cell under a microscope, there are 23 receptor sites to sugar on a cancer cell. If you look at a healthy cell under a microscope, there are two receptor sites to sugar. So you're in there doing a very toxic chemical that is like napalm in your body. And for those of you ladies that don't know what napalm is, it's like a gasoline bomb in your body. It kills everything. And then you're following it up with, here, have a Three Musketeers or a Milky Way. <laughs> and so, you know, you not only you're wiping everything out in the body, but whatever's there, whatever is left there, you're just giving it more fuel um, to be a raging fire. Um, so um, <clears throat> so the, that's really, you know, what, what I find in the bottom line to depression to me and I would say safely in 80% of the cases is nutrient starvation. Um, put people on the correct diet, and I've seen it over and over and over and over again in my practice um, that people come in and they have no motivation, they can't function, they can't do this, they can't do that. And we put them on a proper diet and begin to clean them up and then begin to move into supplementation, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. But, um, and the lights come back on. And they literally transform. I, I want to tell you two people. Yes. Two cases. One case was a, a lady from East Texas. She came in last year, the beginning of last year. She had four legal pages full of supple, of uh, medications that she took every day. No. Four. Oh. She brought her med list in, and I sat there, and I literally, well, to, be, to, to put me in a position where if I don't know what to say, it's, it's pretty dramatic because I've always got something to say. <laughs> I, literally, <laughs> I literally did not know what to say to her. I said, how do you even get through the day? I mean, I mean you must sit at a table all day long with water 
and your pills, and that's all you do. And she said, that's pretty much it. And I said, you know what? I can't do anything for you. I could not. I would, there's no way I would touch this case. I, all I did was type her blood and give her, uh, you know, the blood type diet. We looked at looked at her under the microscope, um, and, um, you know, I t- showed her all these things that were going on. And I said to her, the best thing you could do, if it was me, you know, uh, is go to Mexico and detox off of all these drugs and come back, and then I can help you. She told me she had two doctors, two, that prescribed all those drugs for her. And one of them said to her, if, we had, if I had known that you were going to live this long, I never would have prescribed all these drugs. Well, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but that right there is a declaration of medical malpractice. I said, why didn't you sue that guy? I mean, he literally sat there and said that he had over-medicated you, you know. Um, so anyway, I mean, he didn't even register to her. So then I had a couple of years ago, maybe three years, well, probably, I'll go back four years ago. A lady came in. She was 56 years old, okay, um, at, the, at, that, at that time. Yeah, it was five years ago because she was the same age that, that, I, that, I, that I was then. She was in a wheelchair. She had an attending nurse with her. Um, she was extremely overweight. Um, in the story, because um, I always ask people to give me their story, she said her nurse uh, was trying to get her to check in the hospice, 56 years old. She was on about 24 medications, um, and she literally had no life, and she was desperate for me to help her because she had heard a lot about me and all that kind of stuff. And I just simply told her, I said, I, I can't, there's nothing I can do for you. I can, there's no way I can navigate all of these drugs. You know, I'm not going to put you at risk and I'm not going to put me at risk because of the liability factor. Um, I have no idea of what, you know, the supplements or herbals are going to, how they're going to interact with your medications. And, uh, and she just wept and cried and she said, nobody can help me. Nobody will help me. They won't take me off the drugs. And I mean, I was rendered powerless. There was nothing I could do for her. Mm-hmm. And it's a really sad affair. The average 60 year old in America is on at no less than 16 medications. Wow. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's scary. And some of the drugs are designed to turn organs off. For example, uh, there's thyroid medications out there that literally shut down the thyroid. Um, so, you know, for liability purposes, I'm not going to call, tell you what they are. Uh, one-on-one, I'd tell you, but not, not on, not on a public uh, venue. But, but, but the thyro- most of the thyroid medications are designed to turn your thyroid off. So you never, you're never off of it, okay? That's how they're designed, mask and suppress. So you're a lifer, okay? The same thing with insulin. Insulin shuts down the pancreas. Um, so uh, a lot of the insulin drugs will do the same thing. So you're never off of that. You're never off of that. And people say, oh, my blood sugar is fine. And I go, no, it's not. <laughs> it's delusional. You know, it's being tricked. You know, and that's what medication does is it tricks the body. And that's why you have all the side effects. You know, the body is, is designed in perfection by Father God. And everything spins to the right in nature. You can take a rock. And, and, and get particles of that rock off and put it under a micron microscope and or a proton microscope. And you can look at it on a subatomic level and you see the atoms, the protons and neutrons, and they're all circulating in, in a right spin or a clockwise. Things that are, that are made in, in the laboratory spin left. 
which your medications spin in the opposite direction of nature. So they take something out of nature. For example, aspirin comes from willow bark. Willow bark tincture is, is a natural pain uh, supplement, um, and that's what aspirin is formulated from. But if you look at, at willow bark, you know, under a micron microscope, it's going to everything, all the elements are going to spin to the right. If you look at aspirin, they're going to spin to the left. Why is that? Because they suppress, okay? So that's what I'm talking about. And as a result of that, um, it creates side effects because even though on a, an, in, a, in a chemistry equation, it looks almost exactly the same as nature, it's not the same. So the body is very much a key lock system. Let me give an example. If you had six uh, Toyota Maximas sitting out in the parking lot and you had one key um, <clears throat> or, or, and, and, uh, uh, and you went out there, your key is going to go into every single lock, but it's only going to unlock one car. It'll fit all six cars. It'll only unlock and start one. And that is how the body operates. That's how the cells operate. So nature lines up with nature correctly and unlocks it. Frankenstein goes into nature, and it looks like it lines up with nature, but it will not unlock it. Okay? So that's what you're talking about. Um, that's the difference. And that's why you have side effects, because now the cells begin spinning out of control because they are not getting what they need in order to reestablish or rebuild or regenerate the body. And so they're frantic looking for how am I going to, you know, what am I going to do with this stuff? And it has, again, it has to get stuff stuck in the body. And so wherever there's fat um, is where the storage compartments are going to be. And then when there's not enough, um, the body's going to make more because it has to have storage. And that's the story of obesity. Whoa. Okay, so we have two things, supplements and blood type diet. I, I want to let you talk a bit about blood type diet because we talked about it in the first podcast. We talked about it just now, and I, I think that the most logical next step is to talk about what that means and then to follow that up with the conversation on supplements, which gets into some of what you do. So blood type diet what what is it and why does it make sense well there's four basic blood types there's o a b and ab um there may well have been an original an archetype blood type like for example o positive blood is the what's called the universal donor which means that all bodies can receive O positive blood except O negative. Um, o negative can only receive O negative blood, but everybody else in an emergency can can assimilate uh, O positive blood. And it has to do with antigen uh, and RH factors, and, and it's a little too technical to get into. But 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 basically, um, it's. Theoretically, it could be that, that the O blood type was the original blood type. Um, now, <clears throat> Diodamo is the author of the blood type diet. Um, and <clears throat> although if you read his book, you, you learn very quickly that he's very, uh, um, he, he's not, uh, um, uh, he's not a believer uh, when you, you can, you can tell that by, by uh, how he describes colonization on the earth and he's an evolutionist 
Um, so he, he, he bases everything on an evolutionary theory. And so I have to glean, you know, I had to glean from that and, and accept that there, you know, even, even in the enemy's camp, there is, there, there may be some truth. Um, and you had to pull it out and then, then put it in proper alignment. But essentially, um, the blood types are characterized by regions. Um, so, um, so for example, the O, he categorizes them as the hunter gatherer. So it was the nomadic or the tribal type of, of, uh, individual. Um, uh, they, they followed the herd basically, um, uh, to, to feed, you know, feed their population. So the O blood type is they eat all the meats, hooved meats and, and uh, all the, the, the gains and stuff like that, um, they can assimilate all that. They have a very fast metabolism. Um, you know, they, they're, uh, const- they're the people that have the, you know, the strong constitution, if you will. Um, the good news, bad news about the old blood type person is that, um, you know, they burn so quickly that oftentimes they don't realize how sick they really are. So they're the kind of people that could typically – uh, be standing there one minute and, and drop dead the next minute. And everybody goes, Oh my God, they look so healthy. What happened? You know, and, and it's, it's the nature They're you know, if you want to categorize them as a type a, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say as a type a personality, but a type a metabolic profile. Um, so they're, they're fast burners. Uh, the opposite end of the spectrum is the a, um, the a blood type, those, uh, people basically, uh, were uh, settled by the sea. So, so the primary meat source for an A is fish. Um, I don't believe in vegetarianism, um, but um, if the, the A blood type is the closest thing to a vegetarian, because predominantly uh, fish is their, is their beneficial meat, and then chicken, Cornish hen, and turkeys, are, they're neutral, but they really thrive on, on the, veg, the vegetable-based diet. I mean, that's what I am, but they're very alkaline people, um, and you know, if you think about living by the ocean, you're, you're in that ionic field all the time. And so, um, their system is, is more alkaline than say the O person who's, you know, uh, moving at a fast pace. Um, and uh, so according to, to, to the Adamo, it took a hundred years for, of colonization in specific areas or specific regions for the blood type to shift. Um, and so, like, for example, the B blood type, those were plains people. So their diet consists primarily of game meats, um, you know, venison, uh, buffalo, bison, uh, lamb, you know, the, kind of the, the more exotic type meats is, is what they thrive on. They're also the only blood type that can actually digest uh, dairy, cow's dairy. Um, so all the other blood types actually are allergic um, to dairy and can't assimilate it. So, but the B has the, the enzyme that will break down casein, <coughs> excuse me, and, uh, allow them to, <coughs> excuse me, allow them to, um, uh, assimilate, uh, cow dairy. So, um, so, and then, then the AB is a combination of the two, um, but they're, they're predominantly, uh, uh, A in their profile, so they can't do dairy, um, um, but, uh, but they can eat a little bit, uh, different variety of meat as opposed to just an A. So what I've seen, probably the most remarkable, um, stories around the blood type, uh, well, from, I'll, 
mine. I'll start with me. Mm-hmm. When I started the blood type, at thirty-eight, at age thirty-eight, I weighed two hundred sixty-five pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was, <laughs> I, you know, I couldn't even hardly climb a flight of stairs. Um, and of course, this was about the time I went in to see the uh, naturopathic doctor that became my mentor. Um, and he said I was a heart attack or cancer looking for a place to happen. I was full of parasites and yeast. That was why, you know, I had all the emotional stuff going on. I ate a lot of toxic food, the wrong food, a lot of processed foods, because I really didn't, you know, I didn't know anything about all that. So I got on the blood type diet. Um, there's there's three categories of, of food in the blood type diet. There's highly beneficial, neutral, and avoid. And um, so with with me, and the way he presented, he he put me in only highly beneficial, and then laid a yeast diet over the top of that. So I was basically eating rabbit food, lettuce, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and and it took a lot of discipline to do that. And the detox was, I mean, it was horrendous, but um, quite beneficial. I lost a hundred pounds in six months. I went from two sixty five to one eighty five. Um, and then um, over the course of the next couple of years, my metabolism reset, um, and I went back up to about 215. Uh, that's what I am today, um, and that's what I weighed when I played football in high school. I was, a, you know, 215 was about my weight, and I've maintained that weight, uh, you know, with some fluctuation um, uh, over the years. Uh, and, you know, the A's are not gym, gym workout people. We're more uh, passive uh, type people. Um, so that's why even though I was an exceptional football player and runner, I never could get in shape. And, uh, the harder they ran me, the worse it was for me because, um, the A's don't do well in that kind of exercise program. Like, like an O does. The O is the gym rat. An O blood type can walk by the gym and get their muscles cut. An A could be in there 24, seven, 365 and never look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, um, so anyway, um, <clears throat> So, so that's another thing about the blood type. It determines the kind of exercise you do. Um, I had a guy, football coach, uh, that came to me a few years ago. He coached uh, at a Christian school, high school, and uh, he was uh, in his early 50s and uh, had already had three heart attacks. And uh, he was an A blood type. He played, played uh, high-impact aerobic sports all his life and coached them. And, uh, and, and it, by the time he was 52, 53 years old, it had three heart attacks. And I told him, I said, you have to stop doing what you're doing. You can't do it. And I said, obviously, you know, you're an A blood type and your body can't handle this kind of uh, regime that you're on. And I said, you should, you should be able to understand that based on the fact that you've had three heart attacks. And I said, the next one will probably be the will maker. You know, he was married. He had four kids. And I said, you really need to, to reevaluate. I said, if you want to coach, fine. Stand on the sideline. Don't get out there and run and get out of the gym and, and all that kind of stuff. And it just really offended him. And uh, he got up and walked out. So I don't know if he's still alive today, but that's the kind of stuff that happens to people. For example, A blood types that are marathon runners and stuff like that. They're always tearing their legs up, tearing their limbs up. Uh, you know, uh, tearing cartilage and stuff like that because their bodies aren't designed to handle the kind of acid that gets put out um, by doing that rigorous exercise. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer that pro athletes, you know, they say the average uh, career for a professional football player is like 3.75 years. And I believe that that's based on the fact that a lot of them are A blood types and they're doing the wrong kind of exercise 
um, in order to uh, to uh, try to enhance their craft and their bodies break down and tear down, um, you know, very quickly. And so, therefore, their uh, ability to perform uh, over the long haul is shortened because they're in the wrong career. They have the wrong career. So I, I think that that could be corrected um, with just with with the proper exercise and maybe changing the position that they play. But that's a whole other topic. So anyway, but but the B blood type people are the people that I see uh, with with just tremendous response because most of them eat chicken and bees cannot break down chicken. They don't have an enzyme for it. They can eat turkey, and they can eat the game meat, but they can't eat chicken. And I've seen people, ladies especially, lose anywhere from forty to sixty pounds in a very short period of time, and just totally transform their bodies and their health just by changing the diet. It's amazing. You know, there's a lot of controversy about the blood type diet, but I, I have seen literally hundreds of people uh, on the blood type diet, and they all, I, I, I mean, it's just amazing to sit back and watch what happens, especially with the bees. Um, <clears throat> and then the other group is those that, that are into vegetarianism. It seems like there are a lot of O blood types that try to eat a vegetarian diet, and, and it just it, it wrecks their, um, their, uh, uh, their health. I had one lady come several years ago. She shook so violently she couldn't even hold a, a beverage with a with a lid on it and a straw and two hands and drink from it. And of course, she had been diagnosed with several different diseases, uh, none of which were accurate. She created an autoimmune disease because she'd been a vegetarian for 17 years. And uh, and I told her, I said, "You got to eat meat if you're going to live." And um, so I finally got her to start eating meat, and within 45 days, the tremors reduced so much that she could pick up a cup of coffee with two hands or whatever, a beverage with two hands and drink it and not, um, you know, she was able to drink it, whereas she wasn't able to do that before. Um, her life was still pretty short because of the damage that she had done um, from, eating, from being vegetarian for so long, um, but... Um, I had another lady that came from Sweden that had been a a, a, a gymnast, and uh, she was an Olympic uh, gymnast. And at age 16, she had a fall um, and did damage uh, to uh, her spine and, and her brain. And um, later on, she she was vegetarian, and later on got diagnosed with MS. And uh, she came to me uh, a couple years ago from Sweden. And um, <clears throat> she was referred by another lady from Brazil. And um, so I said, she was an old blood type. I said, you got to eat meat. And she couldn't lose weight. She couldn't, you know, her gait was getting worse and worse. And she was in her, she's in her 40s and had a couple of kids. And she was really struggling. And she's like, I just can't eat meat. And I said, well, you got to, or we're not going to be able to help you. And uh, she came in in April and I did the evaluation, sent her back home. And she came back in July and stayed for a couple of months. And she started eating meat, and the weight started coming off of her, and her her muscle strength came back. And by the time she left, she was literally doing cartwheels up and down the hall uh, in the office, and she totally got her life back. Um, and she didn't have MS. She had post-concussion syndrome from hitting her head and not eating the correct food, and all of that was corrected. So, um, you know, I can just go down story after story with that, but um, I... I, I, I firmly believe in the blood type diet um, and I've, I've, I just have too many cases and too many stories um, that have proved the validity uh, uh, you know of that program.
Well, and that is so fascinating for for a number of reasons. And I'll tell you, who would have thought that a B blood type does not have what they need to digest chicken? Why? I mean, that's nuts. Now, I know that for me personally, like, you know, I grow up and and your body goes through changes. And at a certain point, I I just made a decision. I'm like, I'm not doing very good with milk. I mean... It just wasn't wasn't resonating with me, <laughs> and so I, yeah. I, st- I switched to almond milk because I wasn't going to go to soy milk because it, it you know for men it's not necessarily the best thing to put in your body I I believe but you know the, the almond milk seemed to work really good with me and I never knew why it's like well you know and I, and I just kind of stuck with it but I'm an O blood type and uh, apparently I don't have what I need to you know break down casein and. Okay. Yeah. So, wow, you know, I, I this this is really fascinating to me, but but this is the other thing. I've always noticed like if I want to up my performance, a, a nice piece of steak really helps. And I never really knew why. Just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go eat a nice cut of beef. I mean, it, it like it helps. It, it makes my brain work better and I'm a no blood type. So, I, I find that to be really interesting, and um, now I want to get to supplements because you have a strategy when you get your hands on some people and you begin to help them navigate to a place of better health and physical capacity, and part of that includes strategic implementation of high-powered supplements. How does that work? <laughs> Very well. <laughs> Um, well, you know, when you, when you use the word supplement, everybody or most people, most consumers typically think vitamins and minerals. And, um, so, I mean, if you go out on Dr. Google, you know, it'll tell you that you, everybody's deficient in vitamin D and you need to take that or, you know, um, you know, (laughs) let's just talk about the B vitamins, you know, everybody needs B vitamins. Well, guess what? The A blood type doesn't assimilate B vitamins. So if, if, a, if an A blood type takes B vitamins, it makes them sick, literally. Um, so the, the A blood type has to get um, their B through food sources, you know, through vegetables and stuff like that. Um, protein builds protein. So I, it's one of the things I didn't say. Uh, so um, that's why uh, animal protein is so important because, again, the Keylock system in the body, the amino acid polypeptide chain, from animal meat lines up with the, the protein assimilation process in the cells of humans, and that's how um, that's how um, it rebuilds muscle and tissue and that kind of stuff in the body. So that's why vegetarianism is not um, what everybody thinks it is. Um, so having said that, um, <clears throat> there is a hierarchy of health in the body, and there's a hierarchy of a lack of health in the body. So there's order. You know, God created an, an ordered universe. If you look at Genesis, um, and you know, God looked at the earth, and the earth was in chaos. We don't really know what that means. Um, uh, I, you know, and and I'm not going to chase this rabbit trap rabbit trail because I can I can really get off on this this one. But uh, but we're just gonna we're gonna keep it simple. So so the world was in chaos, and God spoke, and order began to happen. So that's quantum physics. You know, we're going to be talking about frequency and stuff like that in, in, a, in a minute. And quantum physics is not of the devil. You know, uh, the Bible says call things not as if they are. That's, you know, if there's something not there and you're speaking it and calling it forth, 
you know, that's the energy, quantum physics, energy medicine, however you want to frame it. So, um, so, but, um, let's, let's get back to the body. So, so there is a hierarchy of a like of health in the body. So everything has order. Even disorder has order. So if you look at imbalance in the body or dis-ease in the body, D-I-S hyphen E-A-S-E in the body, um, it's because things are out of balance. Um, but there's an order to that lack of balance. Um, the, the soil for, uh, for unhealthy in the body is, is grounded in yeast and fungus. So from that, um, bacteria uh, arises uh, in an overgrowth, and, um, and it, it feeds on the yeast. So, so bacteria is served by the yeast. Also, yeast uh, creates the phenomenon of craving in the body, which is uh, carbohydrates and sugars, uh, you know, alcohol. Uh, I think a lot of alcoholism uh, has to do with an overgrowth of yeast in the body, and, again, that's a whole other topic. But um, so, so you have to have dirty soil, and the dirty soil has to be embedded with yeast and fungus. And then bacteria can overgrow. The yeast and fungus is going to create tears in the gut and the mucosal lining of the intestines, which is called leaky gut, which will take stuff that is normally uh, homeostatic or homeostatic for the body or healthy for the body uh, and create an overgrowth situation where it becomes an antagonist uh, to the body or pathogenic. Um, so you get bacteria leaking out into the system, um, and um, <clears throat> you get stagnation in the lymphatic system. Um, you know, Jesus says, drink from my cup. My cup is living waters. What happens to the living water in the body that is the lymphatic system is, it, you know, it begins to dam up. And uh, I always tell my patients, uh, mosquitoes don't make the swamp. The swamp makes the mosquitoes. So, ladies, listen very carefully. Underwire bras and sports bras. Get rid of them. Um, there's three major lymphatic junctions in the body. There's the cranial, the breast, and the pelvic. If you're wearing underwire or heavy elastic, uh, when you remove that garment from your body, if you see lines underneath the breast, what you're doing is blocking the river. You're blocking the flow. And it's my personal belief that that is one of the secondary causes of breast cancer, along with antiperspirant uh, uh, deodorants, because it blocks the lymphatic flow. Um, why do people have strong odor coming out of their armpits? It's because the lymphatic system is stopped up. Um, so what you need to do is make sure that uh, flow is so important for the human body, but especially for the woman's body uh, for a lot of reasons. But flow is very important. So we have to um, make sure that our lymphatic system flows. But the bacteria will travel through that lymphatic system and in the blood, and it will begin to colonize. Um, then if you, you know, pork is the absolute worst food you can eat. They say it's the other white meat, and I'll go, yeah, the other white meat that you don't want to eat. Um, because the trichinella spiralis is the pork worm, and the eggs don't cook out. And so when you ingest pork in any form, um, then what you get is the trichinella spiralis eggs in your body, and they begin to hatch, and so you get pork worms, uh, or, which are parasitic in nature, um, that begin to manifest in the body. You can also pick up parasites from um, from sushi. Um, it's not clean. It's not fresh. No. They say it's fresh, flown in, and you know it's fresh if you catch it, reel it in, cut it, and eat it right then. It's still going to have barnacles and parasites and all kind of stuff on it. So uh, raw fish is not. You know, I always recommend that you don't eat that. Um, <clears throat> but next on the agenda 
is uh, is uh, amoebas and protozoas. Those come out of, uh, they're waterborne, um, so they come out of the water system. They feed on the bacteria and the yeast. And then next is viruses, and they feed on the protozoas and amoebas and the bacteria and the yeast. And then the T-Rexes in the body are parasites and worms, and they pretty much rule the house, but not always. So there is an order of chaos in the system that has to be looked at. You can't, um, if, you go, if you take a person who is, who is in, in imbalance and just start throwing vitamins and minerals at them, guess what? You're feeding the bugs, okay? You're feeding the sickness. Um, not to mention that with leaky gut, the stuff just pours out into the system, and so you really don't assimilate a lot of what you're taking, i.e., brightly colored urine uh, because you're not assimilating um, and um, and so therefore um, you make uh, you're spending this money on vitamins and minerals and you may feel good for a little while but uh, on the long haul um, it, it's not going to take care of the situation it's going to make it worse so when I approach someone it's very targeted it's based on what I found through the assessment processes and looking at how the system is in balance and who is ruling the house Although the parasites and worms, or what I call the T-Rexes, they, they may not always be, you know, the primary ruler. So you have to take a look at that and evaluate, you know, where's the greatest overgrowth and begin addressing that and move through the process. Um, you also need to seal the system. You have to repair the breach in the system so that when you get to a place of supplementation, i.e. vitamins and minerals, they're actually going to be beneficial to the body. Um, again, operating out of the blood type paradigm, you need to know which each blood type can assimilate what they can't. Um, and what I use, um, once I've taken someone through a detoxification restoration process, is I do hair analysis um, so that we get their vitamin and mineral ratios and know how um, the correct order to feed the body um, you know, in order to ensure um, the greatest health. So it is strategic. Um, I've been using the product lines that I have for, for a couple of decades, really familiar with them. I use a combination of homeopathics and, and, and herbals, tinctures, uh, remedies. Um, and then sometimes with some people, depending on the circumstances, I'll high dose them on a super nutrient while I'm doing repair work because they're in such a severe state, um, that I, I, I just have to do that even though, it's not my preference. Um, it's it's kind of we're trying to build a bridge so that we can uh, solidify a foundation from which to work from. So um, if someone comes to me and they've been through traditional cancer and they're, you know, really emaciated and not doing well, they don't have any hair and they're really down, I'm going to hit them with heavy, heavy nutrients. Mm -hmm. um, to try to bring that system back up at the same time I'm going to try to you know I'm going to work to repair the breach the breaches in the body um, and get them to what I call ground zero so that we can literally start rebuilding them um, so um, <clears throat> people that are chronically fatigued and have been chronically ill for many years um, and I get a lot of those people um, uh, they you know again sometimes um, against what I would consider my the design that the lord's given me to work from um you know i'm i'm prompted to to put them on uh, you know a short-term high dose course of of supplementation or nutrients to kind of give the body some energy to to do the repair work 
Um, so, <clears throat> so you know, each person is is an individual. I you know I I, I have um, you know I have a, a set pharmacy, if you will, that I work with, but. But how I manage that uh, is different from individual to individual, depending on you know their story and and how long they've been dealing with um, whatever issues they have. Now, as far as you made the mention of clinical grade, and so let's talk about that for just a minute. You know, if you go to Whole Foods or or, or some of the um, uh, if you go to the grocery stores or uh, organic grocery stores or vitamin stores and stuff like that, they, they legally cannot sell what are considered clinical grade or pharmaceutical grade supplements. Um, so, um, they, you can't go in there and say, um, I have, uh, I have irritable bowel syndrome. What do I take for that? They, they can't, they can't do that. That's, you know, that's practicing medicine without a license. They're not able to do that, nor do they have what are considered grade one or pharmaceutical grade supplements they have grade two three and four that's what they that's what they're licensed to dispense so you don't get the clean cleanliness and quality that you're going to get from a licensed uh, holistic practitioner um, their supplement lines are sold to them only because they're credentialed and they have training and study um, in how to formulate for people um, and so and how to put uh, a, a protocol together um, that's going to work synergistically to give them optimal health. Um, and they have the cleanest that you can get um, and uh, the most efficacious. Now, even, even in that industry, not all the product lines are, you know, are all that. So um, I've done a lot of research over the years over product lines, and I have it down to about five, and, that's, and I, it's very difficult for me to – to move off of the product lines that I use because, you know, I've just, I see the results. Mm. So, um, so, that, that, so, and I'm not saying, that, yeah, and let me say this before, I'm not saying that if you go to one of those places and get something that you're not going to get any benefit, you're going to get some benefit. Um, you're not going to get the same benefit um, that you would working with someone who's trained and, and understands um you know how to um, to to give you the proper uh, intake and regimen um, so that you don't you know overdo because you can take too much of a good thing and create is create issues as well. So um, you know I have a lot of people that say, well, I read on the internet this and this and this, and I've researched, and you know that's two articles they've read on the internet, and now they're experts and. And, um, and so there, there's really a lot to understanding building blocks in the body and, and how things work in a hierarchical uh, aspect. So, um, so I just always, I just want to tell the listener to be, be careful. You know, um, if you're not sure about what you're supposed to do, then, then get with someone uh, who is trained in that area and, um, you know, spend the money to go get an evaluation and understand what your body needs and, and then go from there. That that's all very very fascinating. I, I I'm personally fascinated by the idea that a person could go in, you know, just to, with the thought I'm just going to benefit my body by giving my body this supplement or this, and inadvertently be feeding something they don't know exists, and. Yeah creating a negative result for themselves seeking to do something positive with 
what many would think is just benign. Just take some supplements. You know, go you, you can buy them at the store many times. And, uh, wow. So, folks, you got to look at the bonders and fillers. That's that's huge. You know, you start seeing silica and and uh, wheat, gluten, those kind of things that are binders. Um, you know, the body is not going to assemble like that stuff. So it's going to create more issues. And then again, um, <clears throat> if you look at symptom surveys, you know, on the internet from one disease model to the next, a lot of them cross over. And so people can oftentimes, if they think they have something, then they go out there and they look at blogs or whatever, or, or symptoms of this, you know, they go to, you know, this website or that website and they'll go, Oh yeah, that's me. And then they start chasing that. Um, <clears throat> and there's deeper issues. Um, so, you know, I always tell people you can be a fruit picker all your life and just keep picking that rotten fruit and you're not going to get anywhere. Um, you know, you have to look at the root cause of issues and that's what I do. I'm a, I'm a core level practitioner. I look at <laughs> if someone had comes in and say they've been labeled um, and they've got Hashimoto's or whatever, you know, whatever label they want to put on there. You know, that to me says, okay, there's a deeper issue going on that's creating um, stress in the thyroid, and we need to find out what that is. And so, and then the, the approach that I take is from more of a foundational aspect. You basically take them back to a, to a time um, when their body was developing, and you redevelop it, and you bring, it, bring them back up to where they, where they are currently, and as you do that, as you take the body through that journey, oftentimes these symptoms um, that the imbalances have created begin to go away. And um, so, uh, you know, instead of, you know, for example, women's hormones, uh, you know, that, that's a big issue. And so instead of uh, putting them or recommending natural hormones or, or, or things like that, I look at, well, why is the gynecological system disrupted in the first place? What's creating this imbalance? Why is the thyroid off? You know, and so you have to look at <clears throat> those, you have to look at things as a system and, and, and analyze the system uh, to see where the breaches are. Um, an analogy or a metaphor I like is if you got four flat tires and you take your car into the shop and say, if you fix my left front tire, I should be able to drive this thing. Everybody knows, well, that's crazy. you still got three flat tires. You're not going to be able to drive that thing. Well, that's the difference between a holistic approach and a medical approach. The medical approach is monomorphic. They're going to look at one organ. They're going to say, okay, your thyroid's off. That's why your hormones are dysfunctional. So we're going to treat the thyroid. Well, the thyroid sits in what's called the HPA axis, the hypothalamus, the pituitary adrenals sit around the thyroid. The hypothalamus and the pituitary signal the thyroid. The adrenals are the energy for the thyroid. And if you don't address that entire axis, then you're not going to uh, resolve the problem. And I can tell you that because I couldn't tell you how many people come in on the thyroid medications and they're still having all the same symptoms. Nothing's changed. So, and their hair is falling out and, you know, they're graining weight and, you know, they have brain fog and they're highly emotional and, or they're highly numb or lowly numb or highly emotional, I guess I should say. Um, and so, and nothing's really changed. And so, um, so we have to work to restore and remind the body of what it's supposed to do because God's given us this amazing vessel to live in and, uh, and it has everything we need. 
and he created everything in the earth that we need. It says in the Bible, the food is your medicine. So, you know, natural supplementation, herbals, remedies, homeopathic, and all that kind of stuff has been around much longer than pharmaceutical drugs. Um, pharmaceutical applications started in the 30s, uh, and, and, you know, we can trace back, uh, you know, Chinese medicine, homeopathy, all of those things go back much, much further back um, than, than the pharmaceutical industry. So there's a greater history with what God created than there is with what man created. That's amazing, Dr. Duncan. And with that said, I'm going to take a sharp left because okay. in the Latin, no, I mean, this is just phenomenal, but I'm looking at the time and the last program we did, you made a, a comment, I believe, about chemtrails, either that or I just thought you did. But then I said, I want to hear you talk about it because I know in one of our private conversations, we were just talking casually and you're like, oh, yep. And they were spraying yesterday. And so we're going to see what kind of influx that brings because it's as if you know, there's a direct correlation between the chemtrails that everyone knows are there and are being perpetrated against our nation and others as a byproduct of geoengineering and evil agendas that we've, you know, articulated and haven't yet. And okay, I've been looking forward to a conversation with you on chemtrails. And with that said, I'm just going to stop because Dr. Duncan, what can you tell us about this issue? Well, right now we need to put our hazmat suit on and we need to fasten our seatbelts. So when you talk about geoengineering, I'm going to ask you a question, Dan. What company do you think of? Monsanto. Thank you. That opens us up for chemtrails because in in the late 60s, Monsanto had a secret uh, uh, engineering lab. It was called the MOAD, M-U-A-D, Dib Geoengineering Lab. And the whole purpose of that was to develop chemtrail technology. And that was like their crown jewel uh, program. And uh, their whole concept was that that this is going to protect the earth from... uh, from global warming uh, through weather control. So, you know, when you look at it on paper, you go, wow, that sounds really great. Just like when they genetically engineered wheat so that they could feed the world and then genetically engineered corn for under the same purpose, on paper, it looked really good. And we know that gluten, that is a byproduct of genetically engineered wheat, has become a major issue um, in this country, um, and that's where leaky, you know, leaky gut and a lot of health issues come from. But, um, but anyway, so so supposedly um, the chemtrail uh, project was to be beneficial um, to the earth and to uh, the human population, according to Monsanto. Um, Since, I guess, probably some of the earlier reports of recognizing that there were patterns in the sky, um, geometric-type patterns in the sky that were coming from aircraft was around the the mid to to late 90s. 
people begin to look up and go, wow, there's a checkerboard pattern up there. I wonder what that is, you know? Um, <laughs> and, you know, so, and there's, you know, all kinds of, you know, conspiracy camps out there. And, you know, I, I'm in those camps. I'm, I'm right there with them. Um, in my personal opinion, I think that, that there is such a Frankenstein science behind the chemtrail technology that, well, let me just say this. I am surprised that there is not a 24-7 protest going on at every Monsanto plant in America um, every day of the week, 24-7, 365. People just, you know, you saw the Frankenstein movie back in, you know, that was made, uh, Boris Karloff, you know, when you were a kid, it scared the, the, the Jesus right out of you. But the town would, would, would riot on the castle and they would have their pitchforks and their hanging noose and their fire and all that stuff. And they were throwing stones and rocks and, you know, they'd come to get the monster. <clears throat> that's, in my personal opinion, that should be going on every day in any company anywhere with, with Monsanto as the, the label above them because those people are very dangerous to our existence as human beings. The chemtrails have been evaluated, um, and, you know, it's a form of aerosol, so it's an additive to the jet stream. A lot of people will try to discount chemtrails and say, oh, no, 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 it's just, it's just, you know, ice crystals coming out of the jet fuel, uh, coming out of the jet engine. And, 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 and that is, you know, it looks kind of like snow or puffy clouds or whatever, and, and that's not what it is. Uh, these things have been analyzed. And let me just share some of the stuff that they found in them, barium, strontium 90 aluminum cadmium zinc viruses and chaff chaff is like a it looks like snow but it's actually mylar fibers which are made from fiberglass coated with aluminum um desiccated blood cells plastic and paper um all of these things have been found um in the uh chemtrail streams um and so they really have nothing to do with, you know, jet engine combustion, which a lot of people say, oh, no, no, you know, that's just, that's just a conspiracy figure. You know, there's really nothing to it. But this uh, uh, polymer chem chemist, his name was Dr. Michael Castle, he studied, he studied the atmospheric polymers for years, and, and he identified microscopic polymers uh, in, in, in the chemtrails, and they're basically genetically engineered fungal forms, okay? And they're mutated with viruses, um, you know, which are part of the air we breathe. Now, I can tell you without reservation that every single time I see the chemtrails laid down over the Plano sky, within two to three days, my office is inundated with people that are having asthmatic, flu-like, allergy-like symptoms. I mean, they're they're extremely sick, you know, and it's all these, these kind of viral type of, of uh, imbalances in the body called allergies and flus and, and asthmatic stuff, okay? It never fails. Whenever I see those things laid down, <coughs> I'll get on the phone with my suppliers and I load up with those remedies um, to address those issues because I'm going to start getting those phone calls. And it never, it happens, it's not once in a while, it's every single time. And I'll tell you, last October, this past October in 2016, they laid them down in Plano, and I happened to be riding around, I had a, a convertible, and it was, a, you know, kind of a warm day, and I was riding around with my top down, and looking up at the sky, and, and I was like, what am I doing, riding around with my top down, 
you know, and they got all these chemtrails above me, and within two days, I was sick, okay? So not only can I say people are coming in the door, but I can say it happened to me, and I, and I knew better. Um, so um, these, these things, you know, it takes hours for them to go away. I mean, you know, you can see the planes laying down, but they're, they just hang in the atmosphere, um, you know, for a long time. And, um, <clears throat> so there are, um, in 75, um, there was a, um, couple of patents or several patents that were filed by one was Donald K. Worrell, uh, another one was Romus Kasparis and Sidney Katz. Uh, they were, um, set these patents for the U.S. Navy, um, and, and they had to do with chemtrails and geoengineering. Um, you, you can look them up. I'll give you the patent numbers. It's uh, 1619183 and then 204-586-5, Um And those patents um, were about... Um, getting the legitimacy and the rights to, um, to setting these, uh, chemtrails, uh, and putting specific elements in them, um, to, uh, supposedly, uh, fight, um, uh, uh, you know, the heating up of the earth and that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, really what has happened is these things are, um, there, there is, severe as, as uh, uh, Agent Orange. Um, a lot of them have aluminum in them, which has an affinity to water. And I, I can't tell you, it seems like everybody that comes in today to see me has heavy metal toxicity. And I believe it's because of what's happening in the atmosphere and in the water. This stuff is being sprayed everywhere, and it settles in the soil. And the soil, you know, when it rains, that water runs off into the to the rainwater runs off into the uh, picks up the soil and runs off into the to the uh, to the drainage system and it winds up in lakes and streams and that kind of stuff and and uh, so you know we've got this toxic cloud shield kind of thing going on that's in creating uh, this uh, just uh, horrendous uh, aluminum toxic level um, in the atmosphere. I mean, I get kids that come in and they're like six, seven, eight years old, and we do a hair analysis on them, send it to the lab, and they, they come back, and they've got, like, cadmium and lead and aluminum. They've got all these toxic metals in their systems. Heck, they haven't been on the earth long enough to, you know what I'm saying, to have that kind of stuff. So it has to be because it's in, it's in the food. It's in the water sources. Can, can I just um, ask this I, question I real quick? And I'm sorry because yeah. you're really on a roll. Do yeah. you have any opinions on heavy metal toxicity and behavior issues in young children. Do you think there's a correlation there? This is, is that, yeah, absolutely. You do. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh absolutely. My gosh. And let me just say this vaccines. A lot of vaccines are grafted on mercury. So just think about that for a minute. Um, so what, so what is autism? You know, if you, if you take a look at that, you know, they talk about the, the measles vaccine. Of course, the vaccine people say, oh, there's no correlation to it. Well, of course, they're going to say that, you know. But if, if these vaccines, and, and, you know, who knows? I mean, I've heard all kind of things. 
I can't, we can't get into the labs where the vaccines are. You that you know you that's you talk about uh, deep deep security uh, to, to get in there. It's it, you know you have to. I, I'm reminded of, of uh, get smart back in the day when I was a kid. You know, and he went through all the. You probably this is probably over your head, but um, <laughs> the show was on. He had to go through all these gated doors and stuff like that. He was always running into him, getting his nose caught, and all this kind of stuff. But it was just door after door after door after door to get into, you know, the spy the spy organization that he was in, and that's pretty much what you're talking about with these vaccine places. I mean, they're under high security. You have to have high clearance to get in. Um, I've heard formaldehyde. Um, you know, mercury, all kinds of toxic substances that are um, that are in them. Uh, in fact, we have there's proof that lithium is in the chemtrails. <laughs> now, I had a conversation about lithium earlier. You want to talk about medicine for you know, you know, uh, psychological issues or psychiatric issues, and um, they've had they uh, they like in Russia. There's been uh, they've. Uh, 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 taking a look at um, the chemtrails and they found lithium there. Um, so um, lithium and aluminum and all kinds of oxides, which are metals, um, you know, in these uh, chemtrails um, uh, creating, uh, you know, creating issues. Um, so, I mean, the, uh, what, what we're finding like in, in California over like Shasta and, and the Pitt river arm tributary were tested by state certified lab after weeks of flyovers and chemtrails and stuff. Um, and, and they found the results of the water samples showed like 46, 4,610 parts per million of aluminum, which is that's, that's, uh, uh, 4,610 times the maximum contaminant level. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, yeah, and that's, that's in the water system, you know? So, I mean, there's no telling what, we don't know. Um, See, and uh, this, you know, you know where my head goes on this, doc, Dr. Duncan. This is where my head goes. This is such a grave injustice. You know, you want to talk about medical malpractice over uh, dosing a person on prescription meds and or or just not addressing the actual physiological needs of someone has a worse injury or maybe death. And how much that injury is worth to the grieving family. And you take that and you multiply that over an entire nation of people that have been victimized by a, a corporation and derivative groups that have created this toxic environment and an intentional move to terraform our land. It seems like at some point with the amount of evidence, someone's going to scratch their head and say, this suit is worth enough to actually bankrupt the entire corporate conglomerate that's working to destroy our nation in court. (laughs) I mean, it sounds good. (laughs) Easier said than done. I get it. Please continue. Uh, I mean, there's one of the top lobbyists. You know, the pharmaceutical industry is the top lobbyist. There's, you know, their their pockets are so deep. I mean, you know, if you just want to look at look at it from a disease model aspect, you know, when aluminum binds to to cellular estrogen receptors. So if you want to look at 
at hormone imbalances in, in the female body. Um, you know, for example, um, eyeliner has lead in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, the women that buy these eyeliners that says, oh, this will last all day long. Well, you know, they go, oh, great. Well, you know, they don't really think about, well, how does it do that? Well, it's got lead in it. So you're putting lead on your eyelids. Where do you think the lead's going to go? <laughs> Where's it going to wind up? <clears throat> Brain. So you got lead toxicity in the brain. Aluminum uh, is very common in some of the glistening, shining type of uh, makeups, and that 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 blocks uh, the, the 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 estrogen binding capabilities, so it creates hormone imbalances. Hey, what 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 are what are one of the primary causes of breast cancer, ovarian cancer, is you know the the inability to uptake and process estrogen and make the conversion uh, to, from estradiol to estrogen. You know, there's HERX2, what they call HERX2, uh, breast cancer, uh, you know, which is a, which is a hormone-based uh, uh, cancer. Um, birth control pills do the same thing. They have aluminum in them. They have all kinds of stuff in them. And uh, to regulate, supposedly regulate hormone production, um, but, but long-term use, there's lots and lots of studies out there that show that long-term use of, of birth control pills cause breast cancer, ovarian cancer, uterine cancer. It's still on the market. You know what? There is a there is an acceptable loss factor in the pharmaceutical industry of three percent. I may have said this at the la- in the last. I say it all the time, so it's kind of hard to keep up with it. What that means is is that three percent of the if it creates a death factor of three percent for the prescri- for the prescribing of a particular drug, then it it meets acceptable standards and can be put on the market. And you go well, three percent is not a big number. That means ninety percent do well. Well, when you start pushing that out, let's just look at 10 million people and you start talking 3%. That is a major part of the population that can potentially die from the use of the drug, and it's acceptable. It's acceptable. Mm -hmm. I mean, if America had any sense whatsoever, there would be so many class action suits against the pharmaceutical industry. I mean, they did it with the tobacco. Let me tell you what I saw on TV. This blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I was watching Fox Net- Network the other night. It was this week, and a commercial came on, and it was sponsored by all the tobacco companies. Mm-hmm. And this is a court order that came out of the, the, the tobacco class action lawsuit. And they went down the list of the cancers that are, ca- are caused, not could be caused. Yes. It said, by consumption of tobacco, these cancers are caused by the use. And it went down, lung cancer, and it went down this whole thing. And it said, by law, we, we have been ordered to tell the consumer that consumption of our products causes these problems. I mean, I, was, I almost fell off the chair. I couldn't believe it. But I was like, absolutely, that is what happens. And you know what? The same thing happens with the pharmaceutical commercials, mm-hmm. but they're dressed up. Like, they'll show, one of my favorite is, is one of the ED medications where they show the man and the woman sitting in the bathtub, you know, each in their own tub, looking at the sunset, while they're going down this long list of side effects 
that can be created from taking the medication. Another one is a is a is a uh, antidepressant medication that they advertise, and they show this woman running through the meadow, you know, and butterflies and birds and sun and all that. <laughs> and it talk, and you already mentioned this. You said it causes suicidal ideation and all this kind of stuff, you know. And they dress it up, and they give people the information, but they're looking at this beautiful picture, and the eyes are being de- the ears are being deceived by what they see by the eyes, and they don't really understand you know, what they're getting. Now, I always ask people, they come in and, and they're on these meds. And I said, did you ever take time to, to go out online and research this and, and take a look at what the, the side effects are? No. Why not? Because they'll come in and, and talk about herbals and they'll have all this information because they've researched it. Well, I need to be on this and I need, because I've done all this research and they're taking all these meds and they don't have a clue. And it's like, what is wrong? with this country why have we come to a place where it's acceptable for this frankenstein technology to be standard status quo in america you know i mean where how did that happen and we just do it we just people just line up every day and they drive through fast food and they eat nothing there is no food value in any of it okay it's all processed it's all treated chemically uh it doesn't it's empty, zero calories. It does nothing from the body. And look at most of the people that are in there. They're huge. They're obese. But they're lined up to get those $5 meals, you know, uh, or two meals or six ninety nine or whatever it is, you know, and they just keep slamming that stuff down. And, you know, the life expectancy, they say it's getting longer, but I think it's getting shorter because our kids are so unhealthy. And they're so out of control, and it has to do with the amount amount of sugar that I think I saw several years ago that the average child in America consumes 150 pounds of sugar a year. Now, I want you to think about that a minute. You go to the grocery store and look at a one-pound bag of sugar, and then set that in the floor and visualize 150 of them, and look at a six- or seven-year-old kid and that's what they're consuming every year. And you want to know why they can't stay focused in school, why they can't sit still, why they're acting out, why they can't get out of bed, why they can't function? I mean, it, it is an atrocity. And, and we have come to the place of tolerance and acceptance. And don't get me started, Dan. <laughs> well, I think I already got you started. I'm just trying to keep the engine going. Dr. Duncan, I'm going to be very, very honest. As we're talking, I I feel something rising up in my spirit. And I'm going to just speak it because I think that it needs to be said. I think the days of blindness to these agendas of the enemy are over. I think that there has been a major move, and I think God's been behind a lot of it, even though not all of it has come from Christians or Christian camps, a a huge agenda to expose and inform. But I think a critical mass is being hit. And what I believe is that in, in the near future, it's going to begin to enter into the minds and hearts of people that they are not up against an enemy that 
is undefeatable. You know, the, the children of Israel sat and looked at Goliath for a long time before David showed up. And they were just intimidated right. every day because they saw the champion of the Philistines and said, no one can beat him. And then David right. showed up. And he says, yeah. this is actually the Lord's battle. And I think yeah. for many years, the, the, the few people that have been catching on to things like what these uh, people through Monsanto and other organizations have been doing, that, that they are so powerful and so out of reach that all we can do is hope for God to give us some kind of escape. Maybe the rapture will come soon enough so we never have to actually deal with it. But you know what? The tobacco <laughs> companies were never out of reach. It just took a group of people to right. realize that they were in reach and then go for it. And yeah. Well, I took an insider. The, the, yeah. the, well, and, and guess what God can raise up? He can raise up whoever he yeah. needs from whatever position. I do not think that these groups are going to remain untouchable and that God is raising up a group of people, a company of people that are going to ensure that that fact is, is, is manifested. And I'm just going to say yeah. it. I do not think there will be a rapture before God moves in a move of justice against groups like Monsanto. I, I do not. And I think that there are people that are going to get this in their hearts and minds and the corrections can be made on the course of this nation. Anyway, right. I, I just had to say that. And, you know, there are going to be yeah. people that sit there and, and they say, oh, you, you're thinking too big, Dan Duvall. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, that's what I was put on earth to do, people. Think big and put big ideas in the hearts of the children of God who have a bigger inheritance in Christ than we can even imagine. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, the more people that, that know and hear uh, and begin to not utilize the products, the better, um, certainly. So, I mean, you can look at the whole pie and say, there's no way I can eat that. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you do it a bite at a time, eventually, you know, you will. So, um, but we definitely need to, to rise up. I mean, there's countries in the world that will not allow genetic modification in any form. Uh, in their food sources uh, in, in the countries. Most of them are in Europe, and um, surprisingly. And um, so, you know, if if we were to get smart, um, <clears throat> that would be one of the areas that, uh, I mean, if you're going to riot in the streets, let's riot about something worth rioting about. Um, and, uh, and certainly it is the state of, of, our, of our nutrient, our food value in this country. I mean, you want to you want a major paradigm shift in health in this country? You know, uh, it's going to start with uh, with food production. So, and 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 what we eat, and and are not willing to eat. Um, so, um, I mean, that's that's with <clears throat> with my approach to to helping to restore people to health. It's you know, it's a three pronged approach. There's the nutraceutical approach. You know, there's the mechanistic approach, but, you know, there's also you, you are what you eat. You reap what you sow. I talk about that a lot. And and uh, and reaping what you sow, um, you know, a lot of people look at that as, you know, as a monetary thing, a tithing thing. But, it's you know, it's your consumption. Whatever you put in your body <clears throat> through your mouth or through your mind, even how you think 
you know, as a man speaketh from the heart, so he is, or or thinketh from the heart, depending on the translation. I mean, that's true. So your self language, your self talk, is 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 sowing into your body's overall health or lack of health, or, or your spiritual well being or lack of well being, and then you combine that with what you consume. I've, I had a lady one time say, well, I thought because I was a Christian, I could eat anything I wanted to. Hmm. And I said, would you walk out in front of an 18-wheeler, bearing, uh, 18-wheel truck bearing, uh, bearing down, uh, you know, 635? Well, heck no. I said, so, uh, well, you're a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> that was a short conversation. <laughs> and a great point. And, yeah, and, and it is. I mean, we have to take responsibility, and um, and it starts with us. And, you know, yes, Jesus is, is all that he is, but that's not an excuse to be careless. Um, and, uh, and it doesn't give us, you know, my wife, one of the first things when we, when we came together as began our journey as a couple— um, one of the things that uh, she said to me that was that so impressed me, and I had never really thought about it at the time, um, but she had three spiritual fathers, three uh, you know evangelist ministers that she really uh, fed from their you know um, their ministries, their word, and they all she said they were all taken um, home uh, way too early, and she said they didn't they died from the fork. You know, they died from the fork. It wasn't because they 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 fell, you know, or anything like that. Um, and certainly because it wasn't their time to go. Although, you know, you can hear everybody standing around going, "Well, God wanted wanted that general to come home and serve them there." No, it, because they ate like crap. I mean, go to a church function. What do you see? Sugar, 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 sugar. You know, go to a funeral. Everybody's bringing cakes and cookies and donuts and all that stuff over there, you know, and, and, and look who's standing on the platform singing, you know, and look at the ministers and the pastors and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it, you know, it's, it's just acceptable. You know, food is so much a part of our society, and, um, and sugar consumption, oh, my gosh, is deadly. I mean, there's an article on my Facebook page. And you have to scroll back to I think around 2014. So you got to roll back, you know. And it and it's called Sugar Wars. And uh, just just watch that. It's a, about a two-hour documentary. That thing will blow your mind. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so um, sugar's the root to a lot of uh, of evil. And when I say that, I mean it's the it's the root cause for a lot of disease and imbalance in the body. That in chemistry. Uh, you know, and, I, and it's all Frankenstein to me, so. Which is one of the books that I've always wanted to write. Frankenstein <sighs> is alive and practicing in your area hospital. <laughs> oh, just, wow. That is I just think if I ever put that out, I'd be afraid to step out on the front porch anymore, so. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, um, Dr. Duncan, this is a problem. The problem is that I wanted to talk to you about frequencies. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about bioscan and biofeedback. I wanted to talk to you about organ issues and their spiritual counterparts, problems, and we don't have time for it. Right. We well, may. We'll have a part three. Yeah, we may have to have a part three. <laughs> but here's what I want to say. 
I want to say that this was an incredible program. And folks, what I want you to know is that you can get a hold of Dr. Duncan by calling House of Gilead Centers at 972-596-5055. They have a Facebook page at House of Gilead Renewal Centers. You can also check them out at www.houseofgilead.com likely within just a couple weeks of the airing of this interview. So by the time you hear it, you may be able to just go right on their website because they've been rebuilding it and uh, they're doing a relaunch of that website. And so that's coming. And you can glean from Dr. Duncan's vast set of resources and wisdom and experience. If you don't live in the Texas area, he's only one plane ticket away. You can book a session with him. And so, Dr. Duncan, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today. Do you have any final thoughts? Oh, man. What is, I, I, <clears throat> I look forward to the next, to the next time. I, I just love uh, spending time with you. And, and uh, you know, just I encourage everyone to really become an educated consumer. Get out there and read and then take that information to uh, someone. If it's not me, find someone in your area that, um, that is really knows what they're talking about. Um, make sure that they walk with the Lord because there's a lot of people in my industry that are paganistic and they don't understand. They, they can't tie God's word into, um, to this practice. And, uh, you know, just, <clears throat> if you don't call, I can't help. Um, but we just declared 2018, uh, a year of, of restoration and renewal in your mind, your body, and your spirit. And, and just thank you so much, Dan, for having me on today. Well, thank you for your time. Folks, this has been Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed. You've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. If you would like to connect with us at Bride Ministries, or to support what we are doing financially, visit us at www.bridemovement.com.